This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, it's a hump day edition of One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you on a Wednesday. Glad to have you with us as the Bills return to the practice field. And it was a walkthrough only again this Wednesday. Coach McDermott basically outlined that a little bit of the quirkiness of their schedule here is the reason for that. They come back from London, time change, whatever, give the players an extra day to kind of heal up. And now, this week, you're giving them an extra day to heal up because they're playing again four days from Sunday's game on a Thursday night against the Bucks here at home next week. So that is why the extra day of rest, per se, was built in to the practice regimen last week and this week. And... Coach McDermott did give a rundown last hour, or actually earlier than that, uh, around 11 o'clock, updated the media on player status. Good news, Dalton Kincaid is out of the concussion protocol, so he is all systems go for this week. That is welcome news. His fellow tight end, Dawson Knox, however, still dealing with the wrist injury. Uh, Had it been a regular practice, I would have Assume he would be listed as a limited participant, but uh, we'll wait until the Wednesday injury report comes out to know for sure. Josh Allen took part in today's walkthrough, but still has shoulder soreness. When asked specifically about his shoulder ailment, he said, we're fine. We'll be ready to go. Like as if we had any doubt Mm -hmm. about his status for Sunday's game. Uh, Damian Harris In the concussion protocol after his neck injury last week, he would be a non-participant at today's walkthrough, as well as tight end Quentin Morris with the ankle injury that he hobbled through the rest of the game with last week. And Ed Oliver is a new addition to the injury report with a toe injury. Hopefully it's nothing that will keep him out of Sunday's game, but we'll have to wait and see how the week moves along for Buffalo's defensive tackle. Uh, And then there are other players who are dealing with things but are still able to practice, albeit on a limited basis. That would be Cam Lewis, who in last week's game sustained a shoulder injury. Dane Jackson still working his way back from a foot injury. Greg Rousseau with some sore foot with a sore foot as well after playing in last week's game. Remember he missed the week five game in London due to a foot injury, so he's kind of managing that and the aforementioned Dawson Knox. So We'll see when the Wednesday injury report comes out later this afternoon to see, you know, the breadth of it, I guess you could say. And the practice updates, as always, brought to you by LECOM, your Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. Um, Hard to kind of gauge it at this point. It is encouraging to know that Josh is resolutely confident he's playing on Sunday. Yeah. You know, division game, important game. You can kind of get the feeling that you can kind of tell that you know, wasn't a really serious shoulder injury, but and particularly since they got the test back and it didn't show anything as we were told yesterday. But to have him sit there and go, nah, I'm going, all right, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the final stamp on the whole thing. Kind of dismissed it out of hand. Yeah. So, and and I don't think and I'll say this too: this the schedule this week, we're going to see a lot of it because you know they've been on. It's been a six week grind here. Um, they've got six more weeks of you know the same schedule with a bunch of primetime games before they have a bye week. So they, they're going to start 
really leveling off the physical exertion during the yeah, week. This is the last yeah. one o'clock game, I think, until they play the Patriots again in week 18. 17. Week 17. Game 16. Week, or week 17. And then. Oh, Miami's, that's right. Dolphins is week Miami to be determined. I mean, that could. Like the Dolphin game could be at one o'clock. Could be. I'm thinking it's I'm not banking on it. It's well, good. it's got to mean something. Right. It may not mean anything to either team by that time. Both teams may have clinched already. Right. It could be. Yeah. Maybe it'll be for the one seed or the division or the division that like the old days. Mm, 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 mm. So that could get juicy in a hurry. Yeah. So they haven't even decided what that Miami game is going to be. It could be a one o'clock game if it's meaningless. I doubt that it will be. Plus the fact that you got Tua and Josh going at it again and the last game and the it's going to people are going to want to see it whether it means anything or not. You know what I mean? The only problem could be that Josh may be sitting over there with a baseball cap on and Tua might be doing the same thing. They might they both might be eating sunflower seeds True. in week 18. I do like the fact that there are 10 days, almost 11 days between um, 10 days between the Bucks game and the Bengals game. So if you do have any Mini guys buy. nicked up, Mini buy, yeah. not only do you have time to heal up, the coaches have time to prep for you know that big AFC game against Cincinnati coming off the right. Plus that Tampa Bay game against Tampa. Plus that's the Thursday night game against Tampa Bay that's going to be here in Orchard Park, which is great because you don't even have to travel. Well, that yeah. helps. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's On like... A short week coming back from New England, short flight... You know, yeah. not too bad. Not right. too bad, all things right. considered. Right. Uh, we, I know you were watching some of the All-22 tape from last week's game. I had uh-huh. a chance to do that last night as well. What'd you think? Any, anything you you pulled out of that that you didn't on watching it live Sunday no, night? I, well, I, when you watch it, you think, oh, there's, there's not too much wrong with what's going on. Um, yeah, he could have thrown to this guy instead of that guy. That you know, you can always there's always imperfection, but I, it's a player issue. It's not a coaching issue. Um, most of the time, and as like you would imagine, even if your line's playing really well, once in a while you need him to play just a little better on one play. Right? Yeah. Um, same thing with your receivers. I'd like I like to see more guys running open than I do, but there's always somebody there. Usually, now there's once or twice where the Giants got them. Where they they swung out, and I can't remember the guy's name, 41, the linebacker. Where oh, Micah McFadden. McFadden comes loose on a couple times when, when uh, uh, Wink Martindale crossed him up and Josh didn't get the protection right. Yep. That kind of stuff happens. Happens every game because, you know, they're, those guys get they're paid too and they're very too. good. Yeah. So, but all in all, I'm, it's a little bit of what we've been talking about. Yeah, they're, they're all right. They just need, you know, button it up a hair. Is yeah. my that's my thought. All right. Without I'm, getting any, you can go to every play and look at it, but yeah, in large measure, to me, it's like you got to button it up a little bit and go to the open guy. Um, I'm glad you talked about the offense because I was kind of focused on the defense. I was watching it live. I was encouraged by how easily I was able to notice Dorian Williams around the football, and then I watched the all 22 and while he was not perfect he was he was flying around man that guy he had some energy brings it every single snap he had some real energy real didn't you think i mean that's what i saw i mean that guy was like but he's around the ball almost all the time and having him next to bernard from an athletic 
close on the ball, rally to the ball standpoint, I think they're going to be okay there. He He's going to make mistakes. He's yeah. a rookie. He's inexperienced. He's not Milano. But from an athletic standpoint, he's only about a half a step down from, right. from Matt. So I think you're getting a lot more there than maybe people anticipate. And I think he's only going to get better with more snaps. And that's what every coach is saying. Bobby right. Babbage said he's only going to get better with more snaps. Coach McDermott, when I asked him about Dorian today, said he's only going to get better with more snaps. And I believe it because even from last week to this week, now granted, he had, he got dropped out of the sky into the game last week. Right. Um, as opposed to this week playing against the Giants, he's getting the first team reps the whole week Have, to yeah, properly he, prepare. So you would expect right. him to be better, but – he is all Here's the over thing, it. Too. I, 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 and he loves ball. Like, and I'll say this, too. We all had this, this – you and I both, Brownie, had some reservations about having the linebackers out there. Milano, when he stepped onto the field, he always was a little bit smaller. But that's because he was playing next to Tremaine Edmonds, who was, you know, this he makes everybody look gargantuan small. guy. Now you've got Bernard and, and Williams out there, and they're both a little under – they're both under 240, right? So – and – but they're fast. And one of the things you forget – these guys have been playing linebacker their whole lives. And they're playing, they've been playing against big dudes on offensive lines for a long time. And one thing I'm noticing about Williams and, and Bernard, they already know how to get off blocks. They, they have compensated for their lack of girth by not getting themselves in a position where it's important. They're running past blockers, they're yeah. slipping by guys. They get off blocks occasionally. They they have come to understand how they have to play as, finger quote, you know, these undersized guys playing in there among the Giants, and they're doing a really nice job of it. And they've been trained to do that because it, by, you know, by necessity. So the reservations you and I had about them maybe being a little undersized, I don't think they're coming, I mean, maybe yeah. in some short yardage goal line stuff, okay, there's no place to hide. And you got to stand up against it. Yeah. Maybe they'll get exposed there once in a while, but that's really on minute situations. Bernard brings momentum, though. Like he, yeah, he comes in full speed. <clears throat> that has been the pleasant surprise for me for those guys. They they can play in there, inside, and hang in there it's, because it's yeah. a it's a coverage and run and cover league. I think it's interesting that the linebacker position was one of the bigger question marks coming into the season. And if you told somebody at the beginning of the year that Matt Milano would be gone by week five, people would be hitting a panic button about what linebacker would look like. But here we are going into week seven. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I do. Now, all that being said, and Dan Orlovsky, when we had him on yesterday, making his weekly appearance here on One Bills Live, he referenced this. So I made a point to keep an eye on it. Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam got moved around and manipulated by the offensive staff of the Giants because they pulled a lot of their guys in in tight formation looks and put those guys in the slot. And those guys had, had some problems with that. You know, they're used to lining up outside. They moved them inside with some tight formation alignments given their receivers two-way goes, and it, it made life difficult on Elam and Benford for much of the game. And if I can see that, you know Bill O'Brien is seeing that, and I'm right. wondering what countermeasures 
Buffalo's defensive staff is planning to utilize, knowing they are inevitably going to see at least some of that. Because the biggest problem in New England right now is they don't have anybody that can separate. So if they can use an alignment to help give their receivers separation after watching Elam and Benford have trouble with it this past week, they're going to use it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's <clears throat> it's they'll and this it won't be just that either. I no. mean, there, there's going to be a bunch of stuff they use, and I I think but they'd be foolish not to try it. That's right, and I think the Bills, you know, will do the exact same thing to their offense. Listen, they got got nobody to separate. We've got these guys, and you know, Kyrie Elam, Benford. We'll see if they can separate against those guys. I would just play tell you more what, man, right? Right, just play more man and say, listen, we got to, we're going to throw an extra guy at you. Your offensive line stinks. Mac's going to play this game throwing the football up at the ceiling because that's where he's going to be looking. Yeah. You know, he's going to be on well, his back Well, and you don't have to game. worry as much about him taking off and running. So you're more comfortable playing man. Everybody's turning their back to the quarterback, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. So you're not as concerned. You know, you're not playing Lamar. That's so, right. So I, I, I think that's a tactic you can use – from a Bills defensive standpoint, maybe a little more man coverage, knowing that this receiving core for the Patriots, they're not great separators. Maybe Kendrick Bourne's your biggest concern. Kendrick Bourne had a nice game against him. Good player. Yeah, he, he's played well against the Bills, and he's got he had some moments. So, But I think you can always prioritize who you're most afraid of over there. And if it's Kendrick Bourne, you got over-the-top safety help, or you, or you truly double-team the guy and go inside out and take the guy out. But you can bet the Patriots are going to make sure Steph Diggs doesn't catch that was my, any football. So that was my next question, because in the past few meetings, it hasn't mattered what the Patriots have tried defensively to neutralize Diggs. He has still, quote-unquote, gotten his. Um, I would think the incentive is even greater now to neutralize that, knowing that Diggs is largely responsible for about 40% of the passing game production. So right. if you take that away, now you're forcing the Bills to utilize other weapons to make hay, maybe now more than ever. You know, And I know right. there are Bills fans out there that are concerned that it is so lopsided in favor of Diggs' production. So I am interested to see who can step up and answer the bell if, in fact— the Patriots are successful defensively in taking Diggs away. Well, if you look back at last year, Diggs had seven for ninety-two in their That's first meeting. Yeah, and then this last, then the one after that, he had seven for one hundred and four. Right. So it, so it wasn't it, bad. He had a TD and stuff in that final game of the season where the Bills. Uh, That's what out- I'm saying. He hasn't been impacted right too much. So and, I wonder. Uh, yeah, maybe he's Patriot-proof. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he had seven for ninety-two. With it. he had a touchdown in both meetings last year, and he had the three touchdown and, game. And and that's a little surprising 21. because we've all seen it over the years, man. When they want to take somebody away, they take them away. That's and we and it perhaps you go back two years where um, when um, Isaiah McKenzie had the huge game against the Patriots. Remember when he was eleven for one twenty-five, right? And a touchdown. And, yeah, so that was, targets. that was in, uh, I believe, 21, and it was... Now, ironically, that's when the Patriots decided to play man coverage the entire game and never changed. That's right. That's right. Never yeah. adjusted. And McKenzie ate him alive. Yeah, McKenzie had, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, McKenzie had... 
I want to say yeah, it was 11, 11 for 125 and a touchdown. touchdown. And, yeah, that game, I nailed it. Again, and that game, Diggs still had seven for 85. Yeah. Or maybe they just <laughs> – maybe Josh is the problem, not those guys. Maybe. Um, that the, the Bills have won six out of the last seven. The one they lost was the wind game here in the 40-mile-an-hour wind. Yeah. It was a 14-10 game, right? And, yes. You know, and the, the Bills are still, like, looking at themselves in the mirror going, what are you doing? You know, after that game. So it's one of the I, – I, this, this game really is – really bothers me. I've seen – I don't know, maybe it's scar tissue from the drought. It might be. Because – and the way they've played the last couple of weeks offensively. You, yeah, that's you get out on this team, you got a chance. you got to score points on them because they're struggling. But that doesn't mean the it's one be area easy where they do. don't struggle is in the red zone, both on offense and on defense. The problem is they can't get down there. They've got the second fewest red zone possessions in the league, ten, but they've scored seven touchdowns on them. So when they get down there, they do score. The problem is they can't get down there. They've and always... then defensively, the hallmark of Belichick defenses is all right, we'll we'll get your yards, get we'll your yards. You yard. You're in the red yeah. zone now. Now we're going to stop you. Yeah, we'll give you, you yards for goals. Christmas. You're not going to score on us, right. right? Yeah, that's. Yeah, and I I just smell problems. I don't know because I I've seen it too many times. They're too well coached. Now may they may not have any players, and that's kind of been the word coming out of that. They just don't have anybody to play. Yeah, their their roster is depleted. They don't have anybody who's a real high level talent. And that's been you know they've still got a coaching staff over there with a pretty good pedigree. I don't know if you've heard, right? So they didn't forget how to coach. But they need they need some talent. They do. They are devoid of it, even le- even more so because of injuries. Right. Uh, we want to pivot now, though, to the post practice podium with this earlier walkthrough practice. Players are addressing the media sooner than normal, and Josh Allen was just addressing the media. Let's see what he had to say about his shoulder injury and the offense going forward. Mobility or any of No, 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 no concernment. Um, we'll be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody looks to the quarterback, um, and body language plays a big part in that nonverbal communication. Just, just so I know that. Um, the guys are looking at me and looking at how I'm reacting. So um, I'm sure there's been times throughout the season where I haven't been the best body language guy, but got to make sure that I'm doing my part there and, and maintaining um, the same level of, of excitement and energy that I always have um, playing this game. So, uh, you know, we're, we're working on that. But had a good, good day today, you know, looking to clean up some things on offense and um, get ready to play a, a really good team this Sunday. A little just to see how you got. I mean, even Sean talks about it. We've seen what this office can do, and then all of a sudden you, you have two games like that. Is it a little bewildering as to what's what's gone on the past two weeks? Um, I I wouldn't say bewildering. Um, you know, obviously every time we touch the ball, we want to score, and that hasn't happened the last couple of weeks. And you know, we know as an offense, we got to be better. It comes down to the guys on the field and. Uh, myself included, on executing the plays that Coach Dorsey calls. So, um, you know, we're going to have a, a detailed week, you know, and look forward to getting back on the field and trying to go out there and put together our, our best performance yet. And, again, it's no easy task going against the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick. Um, so we have to understand that. You know, we're not going to score every time we touch the ball. Um, but, you know, going out there and just trying to execute 
every every play and, and taking it one play at a time. You so, know what? The, some of the focus is being turned on Ken. It, is he? How much trust, faith do you still have in him? And can he get to the answers quicker when his play calling? I, I, I trust, I, I trust him, him implicitly. implicitly. And again, if you look at statistics over the last couple of years of of how much we've scored and how efficient we've been as an offense and how many drives end in points. We're, we're at the top or near the top in almost every statistical category. So um, just because we hit a low right now doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You know, we're working through some things, you know, and this adversity is going to help us moving forward, get to our answers quicker. And I think that's something that, you know, is necessary and, and offense needs to go through it at times to, to figure things out when things are going to get tough here later in the season. Um, so I'm glad we're going through things now and, and figuring out, you know, what works and what doesn't and, you know, like you said, getting to our answers faster, and that's that's something we're going to look forward to doing. My question, I guess, is along those lines about getting to answers. I mean, it, it seems like maybe dealing with some of the pressures uh, the last couple of games that teams are bringing against you, maybe getting to the run a little earlier. In the, I'm not going to ask you to get into the high-end specifics of the game plan, but do you have an idea of maybe specifically what you need to do to kind of get out of this? What, within your own execution as an offense needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. making sure I'm setting the protections the right way and throwing to the open guy. And then when we're running, making sure it's a good look that we can run in, you know, run into, or if it's pressure, running away from it, whatever whatever is asked for me to, to execute that certain play. And um, you know, there's a lot of all pro offensive coordinators out there watching the games, right? A lot of, a lot of quarterbacks in the stands that think that they know what they're doing too. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking forward to competing and executing with the guys that we have here and making sure we're we're very detailed in what our game plan is and just trying to go out and execute said play. You just referenced it there, Josh. There, there is a lot of outside criticism right now of Ken. Is some of that, in your mind, misguided? Is all of it misguided? Yeah, all, of it. all of it is. You know, Nobody knows what's going on in between walls here. Nobody knows the reads that we have in the quarterback room. Nobody knows the blocking schemes that we're putting um, in the offensive line room. So, again, it comes down to us executing and, and making sure that you know, I'm on, I'm on task and making sure that I'm trying to guide this offense in the right way and um, making sure I'm making good decisions and it starts with me. So that's that's number one. Your criticism, your shoulder, um, with that comment because you you've come to a couple of guys' defense lately, including Spencer Brown. Is that your way of lowering your shoulder with that comment, the way you did against the? Oh, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just, I was just looking out for my guy. He's looked out for me a lot, so. You're going to have a detailed week. What does that mean for you? Just making, just making sure that we're locking in on, on the little things that maybe we've gotten away from, um, you know, w- within within ourselves, within our little our system that we've got going on here. And, you know, Coach McDermott preaches playoff caliber and making sure that we're trying to stay on top of everything and controlling what we can control. And, um, again, that starts with me and, and, you know, whether it's in walkthrough or – um, in meetings, making sure I'm locked in um, and setting that example for everybody. One of the criticisms that's, that tends to change every single week is if Diggs gets targeted 15 times, it's you should be finding everyone else. And if he gets the ball five times, it's why is Diggs getting the ball more? How do you walk that fine line? Well, well, we're, we're going to try to throw it to the open guy. And that's whoever it is. If, if you know, It's no secret Diggs is arguably the best receiver in the game right now. He's first read in a lot of our concepts because of who he is as a player. If he's open, he's going to get the ball. Um, you know, and, and I do agree that we're going to have to utilize the other guys. And 
make sure that we're getting their talents and, and using them to the best of their abilities to help this offense. But again, it's Stephon Diggs, you know, and um, he's a, he's a guy that's open a lot that. I have a lot of trust and faith in. I got a lot of trust and faith in all of our guys here um, to get open and catch the ball and and do the right thing. So um, we're just trying to throw it to the open guy. Josh, in general, coaches get more criticism than players. I mean, it's, I mean you're a player, I know that. But do you think coaches take it more than players do from the fans and maybe the media? Um, I I honestly couldn't tell you that. I, I'm not not 100% sure, but. Um, Again, I think everybody in this building is focused on making sure we're doing the right things for each other and not because not of outside criticism. And we're internally driven here at One Bills Drive, and um, we're just trying to win as many football games as we can and gives our, give ourselves a chance at, at the end. So, you know, we're sitting here 4-2. and two. Um, Easily could be the other way around, could be better, we could be worse, you know. So we understand that, and, and we're going to keep working working hard each and every week and try to be the best versions of ourselves. The situation where you're sticking up for Spencer that John just asked about there, I mean, you've already got an injured shoulder in that. So take me through your decision-making process in the heat of the moment, all of that. I think we all understand sticking up for your teammate and the bond that exists in that locker room and has for, for years now. But as the franchise QB to get in there and lead with a shoulder that's already nicked up, take me through the, the decision-making at that time. Yeah, I'll, yeah, um... Probably shouldn't do it, but again, I'm. I got a lot of lot of trust and, and faith and respect for my teammates, and um, yeah. Josh, Sean, Sean said today that it, week seven we need to understand what guys do best and put them in those roles. It, is some of that just a function of the number of new playmakers you have on this offense around you? Do you believe? Are you still learning things about guys you know, six weeks in that, that weren't with this team in previous year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think to 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 fully know somebody it takes a, it takes a while to know somebody's body language and their thoughts, and to be able to have these conversations, you know, about live game reps. Um, you need you need those game reps to to have these hard conversations of like, hey, I need you here. Your body language was saying this to me, so it takes a lot of a lot of live reps to understand that. And again, we're going to continue to get better as we go. We understand that. Um, and again, we're just trying to communicate and be the best versions of ourselves. To clarify, to clarify on your shoulder moving forward, um, Sean, I mentioned soreness earlier in the week. Is it more of like a pain management deal, or is it more preventative risk management? Um, I I, I would put it in the pain management, but you know it's feeling pretty good. You you're obviously familiar with the New England defense. Just they got some versatile pieces like Dilger. Uh, just what do you see from them and the challenge? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they do a lot of uh, switching up their personnel. Um, a lot of guys that are smart and can play different positions. Um, obviously getting J.C. Jackson back, who was there for a while and played really well in that system, so uh, making sure we're okay with that. Uche has been rushing the quarterback really well, so we're going to make sure we have a plan for him. Um, but they switch it up, man. There's, there's no single thing that you can expect from them to do. You know, it seems like every, every game is a different game plan designed specifically for a different quarterback and a different offense. So um, it's going to be a fill-out process early on, and, and, and you know we're going to have our assumptions of what they're going to do. Um, but to be honest, we, we're not sure until we get into the game and see their specific game plan of what they want to do against us. So um, just making sure that we're sticking to our base rules and our protection and, and our concepts and, again, just trying to find the open guy.
Been one of the best quarterbacks against the Blitz this season. Um, what do you, what about this offense's construction? Do you think enables that? Uh, um, I mean, I think you know our our hot routes designed for that. Um, and again, I think just the the ability to keep plays alive and, and our guys are smart enough to find um, windows in the defense. You know, it's hard to hard to cover for a long period of time. So um, if they don't get to me, you know, it's it's gives our guys opportunities down the field to make some plays. The questions, when you, when you got here, the questions were all about how does this team get over the hump in beating New England? Those questions have been gone for quite some time. Curious about that? Or it's like, it, it just, I think some of the guys were getting sick of being asked those questions, and now they're no, no, no longer there. Uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's the National Football League. Um, the other 31 teams want to win the Super Bowl. Just like us, the other guys get paid just like us. Um, and it's it's no easy task to win in this league consistently. It, it really isn't. Um, everybody's got a, a new game plan. Every week is a different week. Every situation you, you find yourself in, it seems to be different. So um, we're just trying to trust in the leadership that we got here and, and, and keep finding ways to win football games. Second league in uh, red zone efficiency. What has made you so good this season when you get inside the 20? Yeah, yeah, I think we're we're running the ball well down there, and I think uh, the passes that we have in um, have been good concepts and um, just making good decisions. Guys are getting open and catching the ball. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Josh Allen addressing the media after their walkthrough session today. Said his shoulder's sore, but he'll be fine for Sunday, so no concerns there as far as his availability against the Patriots. We will take a break here because when we come back, It's our weekly visit from the Hall of Famer. Thurman Thomas will join us in studio next here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on One Bills Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and the Hall of Famer, Thurman Thomas, making his weekly visit here on set. Good to have you in, Thurm, as always. Absolutely. Uh, I threw this stat out yesterday. Curious for your thoughts on it. In 12 personnel this season through six games, Bills are averaging 3.44 yards per carry in 12 personnel. In 11 personnel, they're averaging 5.12 yards per carry. Almost two-yard difference in 11 personnel. Does that surprise you at all? A little bit. You look a little at me, bit. <laughs> no. You it doesn't. No. Okay. Did, it, did you ever run do- any out of 11 person? <laughs> <laughs> right. He ran like for 10,000 yards. <laughs> right. 10,500 of my 12,000 yards were in 11 personnel. <laughs> and I was mostly in I formation. That's yeah. right, too. Was, Jim, was, Jim was not under center all the time, was he? He was under shotgun a lot. Um, Jim was in the shotgun a lot, I think, when our first couple of years of running the no huddle, the K-gun. Yeah. And then and I then, think after that. Why did he go back under center? Yeah, remember? he went back under center more than – he usually did like the mm. first couple of years, I think. Interesting. I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I sense history repeating itself. Do you really? Yeah. Josh can go under center a lot. After what? being in shotgun so much. Josh will start going under center. They're basically clamoring for it. Yeah. I, I mean, look, it, it takes the element away of 
a half a second of him snapping, center snapping the ball, him keeping his eyes focused on the football, and then looking up. You go under center. What, yeah. It's not. It's not nothing. Right, exactly. But they do turn their back when that they take it second. under center, too, if they're going to. Well, they turn sideways. True, and, but, I mean, they it can, could be defending, de- depending on formation. Yeah. If you're looking at that, if you got three wires over here and you got, well, obviously you're going to look over here and not really kind of worry right. about the back. So, um, I don't know. I, I think this will be a fun game to figure out if we can do that. And I think if we do, it has to be early in the game. We can't wait to do it the third quarter. I think at least for the next two games, because I think those two games are winnable, New England and the Bucks. even though the Bucks are, what, 3-1? Or 4-1? Or 3-2? Three three and two. And two. I don't know, 3-2. I haven't even looked. And their defense is pretty good. Defense. It's a good defense. Yep. But, yeah, I, I, will, I would love to see it. Now, are they going to do it? I have no idea. I, I'm sure they hear the rumblings of right. what we're talking about, but – um, no, it's up to Ken Dorsey, man, um, and Sean McDermott, if they want to do that. I, um, I, I would love to see in all this, I would love to see James Cook a little bit more involved in the passing game. Yeah, I was talking about that. Just the simple swing stuff, just to get him out in space, you know, just the, like those swing passes. Yeah. I mean, they've hit him on checkdowns underneath mm-hmm. in the middle of the field. Which is great. Want, just like right, a handoff. But I want yeah. him kind of out on the edges, you know, making people miss because he yeah. can do that. Because he can do that. Yeah. And the thing I think about with him is that, you know, you saw a lot of um, – talked to Murray yesterday, and, you know, he got a lot more playing time than he normally would get. Yeah, with Damian Harris down. With, with Damian Harris down. And so he was, like, a little sore yesterday. We're out here for the community food bank yep, out yep, here. Yep, and he yep. was like – yeah, I'm a little sore because I got a little bit more than what yeah. I'm used to getting. So, But uh, I tell you what, having him and James Cook, I mean, when was the last time we seen a screenplay? I mean, we haven't run a screenplay. I don't know yeah, how. We were having that conversation with Dan Orlovsky. He says, I'd like to see him run screen. I'd like to he run screen. He's working on it for the next two months so they have it in their back <clears throat> pocket for the playoffs. But I was try- we were trying to tell Dan, they've been trying to run a screen game for four, four years. years they can't do happen. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know By why. Way, I don't know what the stumbling block is there, yeah. but whether they can't time it up, right. block it up, it take, whether it takes too long to develop. Like, there, there's been all kinds of issues with the screen game when they've tried and to we, utilize the last few years. We love the screen game. Yeah, I mean, we, we ran it a lot. I mean, and I yeah. think it, you know, even with House Ballard, you know, uh, Will Wolford, yeah. big guys, you know. And uh, so I, I don't know. I, look. It's hard to run because the offensive line is so important, and if they got to act like they're getting beat and then get out front of it, and it's timing, and it's also really dependent on what they're running zone or man. If it's man coverage, somebody got to get the guy covering the back, right? And that's hard to find because the guy sees it. Yeah. And then you know, if it's zone, you got to make sure you don't run down the field before the ball's thrown, and you got to make it look good. All that, and plus, if it's zone blitz, somebody's <laughs> right. dropping out, and you you try and block the guy that's dropping out. Now you're 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 it's you're tough. had, you're done. It's so tough. there's it's hard to run. It's a it's yeah. a really complicated play because there's a little deception in it that you need to work. Plus, all five guys on the offensive line have to know zone man in the cup. Forget about the guys rushing. they got to know zone man in the secondary so they know if somebody got to pick that guy up, who's got the back man, or if they're zoning it off, who's got the middle curl route, you know? So, yeah. 
It's complicated. It is I compli- get it. It's, and it, it takes a lot of work. It is complicated, but it shouldn't be that complicated if you're looking at who's rushing the passer over at the tackle. Yeah. That's a, a huge key. You know, I mean, if it's Von Miller, I'm going to try to get him with a couple of screens. If it's third and long, if we're going to mm-hmm. be an attempt to mm-hmm. run a screen. Yeah, I'm looking at Von Miller like this is a perfect time to do this because – He's third coming. and ten. He's coming. He's blasting his way. Yeah, he's not, he's not looking for a draw or yeah, anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. He's looking for that quarterback. Yeah. And that would be like a – but who are those rushers? Right. I don't think we – I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that, well, New England's best rusher's out. He's on IR. Matt Judon. Matt Judon. Right. He's oh, he's on playing. IR. So, so I don't know. So, so Josh Uche? I mean – Yeah, it's, it, it could be a defensive back. Who knows? It, it could be a defensive – I don't know. But I would really like to see them work on that – Screenplay mm-hmm. a lot more because it does help your football team. Yeah, but yeah, Tampa Bay's three and two. By the way, they oh, just came out of their bye, so they only played five games. They lost to the Lions this last week and got thumped pretty good, twenty to six. So Lions are good. They got thumped pretty good. Lions are good. Uh, yeah, the Lions are. I thought you said, why is it good? <laughs> no. Yeah, the Lions are good. That's another. They, that's that, another. That sir, and I'm, they, let, of, them, let them stay in the NFC. It's one of Steve's most hated franchises. <laughs> I don't Lions. hate them. I just don't respect them. Yeah, that's what I, like, I They just been. They stunk for five or six decades, and, you know, hey, now they don't well, for a minute. I, and I've always said having that and not having – and having probably two of the best, if not one of the best – Players of all time on their team, and they didn't go anywhere. Yeah, Calvin Johnson and Barry, Barry Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, so and yeah, Matt kind Stafford of is no slouch, right? Yeah, so I, I get you on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Steve's funny. You should hear his conversation. Yeah, I do. The NFC North. <laughs> NFC North. Oh my gosh, yeah. Detroit and Chicago chiefly. You, that's why. That's why Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are in the Hall of Fame because they played in the NFC North. If they'd been in the NFC East, they'd be Dak Prescott at best. Wow. Maybe, not, maybe not that bad. But Ooh, I'm not saying the Dak's bad either, but they wouldn't have been those guys. They're playing twice against Minnesota, who's like – Okay. Just, <laughs> and Chicago. Yeah, for goodness sake, Chicago. And Detroit. For and all those years. For all those years, right? Come on. <laughs> you know what? I never actually really thought about Come that. Come on. I mean, yep. Wow. Come on, man. Oh, man. I mean, Chicago hasn't had a quarterback in forever. That's where quarterbacks <laughs> go to die. Detroit didn't have a quarterback forever. You know, oh, even when they, they had, get they one, got Stafford and they get, they listen, put, you tell me how they messed up with Stafford and Megatron on their team. How do you mess that up? How do you mess that up? Wow. <laughs> well, I'm still here, guys. I'll say this. <laughs> Look at Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's got Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and they had Calvin Ridley, but they didn't have a quarterback. So. A lot of talent there, too. Desmond Ritter's in trouble. This, this is a hard a lot of game. Because I, I, here's the thing about this New England game for the Bills, getting back on track. Yeah. They always scare me because they're really well coached, always well coached, well mm-hmm. prepared. They have not been able to put it together this year. No. Neither had the Giants, and they almost did it against us, mm-hmm. the Bills. Uh, the Giants, we had people calling in the show saying, and we, you could kind of see it. This Bills game on Monday night was their game of the year. That was they played as well as they played against anybody. All season against it was Buffalo. Because, it was because of their coach. But go right. ahead, yeah. That's what I, I'm afraid of happens with Patriots in their building, at one o'clock on Sunday. I think they're going to rise up. 
well, in, in division games. Look, I, <laughs> I've been thinking about it since, I guess, a couple of days ago. And the only thing that it really reminded me of the first time that I thought about it, 12-3, and 3, 1988. We playing the Colts. The Colts probably won two or three games that year. We go down and beat, get beat by the Colts. Last game of the season, Cincinnati and us flipped the number one seed. We would get oh, the number two. Oh, that's right. You know yeah. why? We're getting off the plane <laughs> on the tarmac in Indianapolis. You sparked a memory here, Thurman. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cincinnati's it, it, it's playing all Washington. There. Cincinnati's playing Washington. If Cincinnati loses, we can't lose the one seed. Goes to overtime, and Chip Miller of the, of the Washington Redskins, in overtime, Chip shot to win it, and he doinks it. We're watching it on a screen, a TV screen that's literally a one inch by one inch, one of the little with an antenna. We're watching it on the air. We're like six guys around a TV screen yep. that is the size of a postage stamp. And he doinks it. We just got off the plane, the charter flight in Indianapolis. We're like, so now we got, now, listen, that's where it was. Now we got to play. Now we got to play. Well, it's right? too late in the week to it decide was, that. Right. So now we get we beat, by, we get we beat, beat by, by Indianapolis. Colts. Yeah. Oh, uh, but. This is kind of what that game is right yeah. now. Pain I mean, Belichick. I mean, look, we don't know if Belichick is going to be gone or is he going to stay. But there you know is some what? of that chatter going there on. There is some now. of that chatter. But for him to be the defensive coordinator to put together a game plan, I mean, I mean, could you say like, see, I can still do it? Yeah. Well, but right. I don't. don't. But I don't think so. Yeah, they. they just I don't, don't think have, so. They need, they I need know. Some guys. It, no, we need. I mean, they need some guys. Hey, look. I if, mean, two if, of their if most- you if you if you got to get motivated by I mean by whatever when you get out on the field, talk trash or whatever to let them know it's going to be a long day that that you're going to have no shot. You have to start right when you get off that bus to the stadium. Yeah, that, that's the mindset. You just have to I have that no matter what. Yeah, that's true. And I, yeah, somebody. I mean, right. and look, somebody has you to step be, up. We, we've be. been throwing it, it's Josh and Steph. Great yeah. combination. Love it. I mean, they're clicking. But somebody else has to step up. A tight end. Yeah. A running back. Somebody. You can't, you can't go scoreless for three quarters. In the you cannot. Offense. You cannot. Because they get harder to beat and you get easier to beat. We got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more, including Thurman segment number two. And uh, we'll talk just about what New England has and what they don't have. Because two of their most gifted players on defense – are on injured reserve. How much does that change the dynamic? We'll talk about that when we come back here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. This week's game against the Patriots is presented by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the NFL, as we mentioned before the break. Matthew Judon, Christian Gonzalez, both out indefinitely for the Patriots. There are some names on the defensive side of the ball, but that's two of their most gifted athletes physically, Thurm. That that doesn't help a defense that has had trouble stopping people. Yeah, I mean, and and you probably don't even know the names of the two guys that have played for them in the past couple of games, right? Well, I mean, they did – well, once Gonzalez got hurt, right. that's when the Patriots traded to get J.C. Jackson, Jackson back from the that's Chargers. right, yes. So they tried okay. to fill a hole that way via trade. <laughs> and, I mean, they have Josh Uche, who 
for the most part, has been more of a situational pass rusher than a full-time player, but he's playing more now. Not yeah. a big guy, though. You can there's Now there's a guy you can run at. He's an undersized pass rusher. You want to run right at him. There's That's not yeah. a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, hey, it's just going to be one of those games, man, where we're just going to have to come out and just – we can't do what we did against the Giants on yeah. the first couple of drives. No, we, we, I mean, at least pick up two or three first downs yeah, to they, get into a rhythm, to do whatever. I, I, like, you know, we've, Josh is now on the injury list, but, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, well, he, he said it's nothing. He, he said it's today, nothing. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying, you know what? Me, if, uh, if, if we have to, you know, let Josh be Josh again. Let him be Josh again. Because yeah. we haven't really seen too much of the scrambling. He's kind of looking to maybe well, throw it away or get the big play. Yeah, I think it's well, pretty clear it's been drilled into his head to not run. Now, maybe that changes when you get to the postseason and you have some design runs yeah. and you say, hey, do whatever you got to do, and we see him running like he used to. I don't think they're they signing never, up he, to do that for the first right. 17 games have, of the regular season. He didn't have to do that. We're talking over the course of those. We're four and two right. over the course of those six games. You're six games. You're talking maybe four, or five, maybe plays. Right, four or five over the course of six games. That's all you're talking about. That it's that's not the old Josh. We're talking about. He's talking about the old Josh is running four, five, six extra times and a half. All you needed was maybe four or five plays over the course of those six games to make a big difference in them. And three of those games, you didn't need it. Right. Two of them, it might have made a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. So it's not like we're talking about transformative or that they got to talk to Josh about running. No. He's got to make the play that's there to be made. Because we see that, like, this touchdown to Quentin Morris. That's a Josh Allen. That's play. a Josh Allen. That's play. a Josh Allen. But ain't nobody coaching him up to do that. <laughs> right? right? So. Yeah. Just let he's he's fine, and this whole offense fine. They just got to execute higher. Like this last game against the Giants. So Josh makes all these plays. We're we're watching the highlights as we talk for our radio listeners. We're watching some of these highlights, and Josh is throwing this thing to Quentin Morris. He's shaking off a three hundred pound guy on a tackle. He's running out to his right, throwing about crosses. All of this stuff he's doing. Then you get into the. Third down in the fourth quarter, he rolls out. All he got to do is throw a 10-yard pass to Dawson Knox, and he can't, fo- and he can't do it. And Dawson Knox is go- sliding down backwards trying to catch a ball six inches off the ground. That's the – that. Just do that. I mean, that's the fr- – that's the plays there to be made. Ken Dorsey's up yeah. there banging his head on his surface because he calls the perfect play to ice the game, and two of his best, most trusted offensive players on both ends of it. Can't execute. Can't Doink execute. it. Yeah. So that you know, that's you know, this team is really good offensively and defensively. They're gonna continue to be really good in crucial moments, and yeah. this is why the Patriot game scares me. The Patriots have always crushed the Bills in those crucial moments. They're situationally very aware. Yeah. And sometimes the Bills have not been. Like that third down play against the Giants that would have iced it. Like the Hale Murray over the course of these last, you know, five or six years. The Hale Murray comes to mind. The 13 seconds comes to mind. The, all these moments where you come on, bro. And I can't change your mind by telling you that the Patriots have scored 20 points in their last three games <laughs> combined. Know, that, can't hey, change, that doesn't change your them, mind at all. If them guys don't know in that locker room that they owned us for 20 years and now it's been kind of flipped – it's been going our way. 20 points in three games. Yeah, that's not a lot. Um, 
we know the Patriots do things differently, guys. What are your thoughts on this? On a 53-man roster, the Patriots have not one, not two, not three, but four quarterbacks. Four on their 53-man roster. Mac Jones, Malik Cunningham, Will Greer, and Bailey Zappi. Will Greer, is that from West Virginia? Yes, they picked him up Mm, a few weeks back off waivers, I want to say. And, um, oh no, they signed him as a free agent. But this Malik Cunningham kid is they a dual threat guy. Well, Malik Cunningham got in briefly last week against the Raiders, tried to run like some kind of wildcat stuff. Ne- neither of the plays worked. They both blew up. But they need other options. And now the Bills have to prepare for that guy. You know, whether he's going to run wildcat or whether he's going to come in and play 10 plays, five plays, three plays, it's. Something extra they got to prepare for now because it's on tape. It's there. Does it mean a hill of beans? Probably not. Well, it means so. something. Some, if, it means if, something, right? It means they're really desperate to generate any yeah. sort of offense. Now, they're, right. they've got to have a little faith in maybe the defensive side of their ball to hold teams down, you know, at least to 20 or mid-20, mid-teens to mid-20 points. Yeah. If they can do that, that gives them a chance. And that's so they got to feel like if they get any kind of spark, get a free touchdown here or there, or maybe keep a drive alive, they got to do it. That's where they're at. They're one and five. But let me ask you my question. On a roster that is so starved for legitimate talent, how the hell do you justify four quarterbacks on a 53 man roster when three of them can barely play? Yeah. It's bad. Somebody's yeah, got to help me with that. That's man. a lot of guys. That's, that's a lot of. Does that make any sense to you? That's a, that's a ro- Doesn't make sense to me. That's either one or it's like two roster spots that you could use for another position. And they need yeah. help. Yeah. They need help everywhere. Yeah, Juju Smith. That makes no sense. They've got Juju Smith Schuster who missed last week with a concussion. He's back on the practice field. And then it's interesting in the in the release that I read, they didn't even name the guys that are the new. They have new guy, two new guys on their practice field, number fifty two and number thirty four. That's it. No names. Maybe defensive lineman number fifty-two and number thirty-four, who's with the tight ends. They don't know who they. I don't know who they are, but that's who they were. Would we ever criticize Belichick for tanking? Um, I don't know if he wants to tank because he may not have a job if he does. They haven't made the playoffs in five years. Or has it been that long? No, 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 three. No, no. They just played us in two years. Two years ago, they played. No, they got knocked out last year. We oh, beat them in week week seventeen. Yeah, they got knocked the week, out. The year before that was the perfect game. Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. So it has two years. Okay. But he's it's starting to look They haven't won a playoff game in five years. It That's what it is. They haven't won a playoff game. It's starting to look ominously like Bill Belichick may, if he hangs around long enough, be the winningest head coach in NFL football, but he might be the first he might get be to the, the losing. Losing, losing too, right? Too. Yeah. He's closer to the most losses <laughs> yeah, he's than only, he is to the most wins. And that's, eight away from and that, that's the note we want to finish on. The Bills yeah. do not want to lose this week because if they do, it will be Bill Belichick's 300th victory of his career. You oh. don't want to be that team. No, you don't, you don't want, want to be, to be that, that team. team. No, you don't want to be. I, and you know what? We're sitting. Yeah, we're scared. But I'm a little nervous. But I think you I'm know not scared. it can't be it it can't be with this offense go three games in a row and look the right, way they look. Right. It, it it just cannot happen. I, I, just, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, come on. I mean, <laughs> after the first week, we were talking about what's wrong with Josh. Yeah. What's wrong with the offense? 
And then they scored 30 points in the next three games or whatever. And 40 and, points. Yeah, 30, and then and now it's, you know, two back-to-back games yeah. where the offense had a slow yeah. start. Come on. These guys, these guys too, it has been I a slow start. Be they have had moments in both those games, but they've been, they started slow. Yeah, no they started so, slow. Yeah. Back to the uh, Stormtrooper look as well this week. All whites, which the last time they wore that, they scored 37 points in Washington on the road. I like it. So hopefully that continues. Thurman, thanks for stopping by. Right, Enjoy man. the game on Sunday. Thank you, sir. We'll be uh, watching you on Instagram, see what jersey you're going to have on. Do you have white jerseys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you may have to pull out the white. Got to pull out the white this week. I got you. All right. That's Thurman Thomas joining us here on One Bills Live. We'll take a break. More post-practice commentary from the players in hour number two here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. Presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, hour number two on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. The Wednesday injury report is out for the Buffalo Bills. And no surprises there based on what Coach McDermott had explained to everybody. So your non-participants are Damian Harris, Quentin Morris, and Ed Oliver with a toe injury, as described by Coach McDermott. Your limited participants Josh Allen with his right shoulder, although he said he'll be good to go for the game. And then Kyrie Elam with an ankle injury that Coach McDermott said stemmed from a preseason injury. He re-aggravated his ankle, so he was limited today. Dane Jackson working his way back from a foot injury that kept him out of last week's game. Limited is the description for him in terms of practice participation. Cam Lewis a gunner on special teams and obviously a backup safety and slot corner shoulder injury that was sustained in the Giants game. He was limited and Greg Rousseau limited with his foot injury. As you know, he missed the week five game, came back, played week six and was sore coming out of that game. So limited in practice today. Uh, if you want to look at the full listing you can go to buffalobills.com for that around the league. Deshaun Watson, who's missed each of the last two games with a right shoulder contusion, not practicing again today. That makes their win last week even more impressive, Steve. They beat the 49ers 19-17 with P.J. Walker at quarterback. Any given Sunday, bro. Indeed. Which would lend credence to your concern for this Sunday for the Bills. Yeah, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got? Yeah, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, they, that coaching staff has not forgotten how to coach, and they're a hard team to run off and leave. Now, the Bills have done it at times, you know, particularly in the last couple of years when, you know, after the post-Brady years, the, the playoff game here, of course, um, the 35-23 game last year, uh, the Monday night game, the 39-3 to three game or whatever that was. Um, they've done it in recent years with this kind of core group, but 
you know, you don't do that all the time. They're the only team in 20 years who's beat the Patriots three times in a row by double digits. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just, I know that sounds crazy. It just feels to me that's too good to be true. Too easy, right? So I think you're, I think you're in for a dogfight this weekend. I really do. I get it. It's a division game. We and it's an- as much about them as it is about we us. We should anticipate that. Um, you know, but the Bills unquestionably are the more talented team on both sides of the ball and probably even on special teams. And I realize the any given Sunday rule applies every Sunday in this league. Um, what is the – not that it matters. I was going to ask what the – spread on the game was just out of curiosity because we know we know know last week the spread got up to 15 points and we're being told eight and a half now right so it's a little over a touchdown um does it mean anything probably not as it pertains to the game specifically but i'm thinking of the game last year up there you know buffalo got a couple early scoring drives and then literally choked the life out of the game, and they won right. 24 to 10. I'd be fine with that. Well, sure, I'd be fine with a 6 to 5 game. I mean, I don't, I don't care. Um, you might be in the minority on yeah. that. <laughs> in light of how it's last week's But you take the win. You take the win and you yes, walk you do. off, man. And, and, you know, this week um, I just saw, you know, you, they've got 12 guys. <clears throat> you just mentioned it. There's 12 guys on the injury list. It's the most they've had on the injury list all season. And that doesn't include the guys that are, like, off the team on IR already. Milano and, and Tredavious White. Those guys aren't even listed on it. So it's it's 12 names on it today. Um, you know, it's, this thing ain't easy. And so you got some guys that are limited. Like Josh. And Josh is fine. He's limited. Kyrie Elam's limited. You'd think he's going to be all right, but he's got an ankle. He's he's dragging around. Dane Jackson's still limited. Cam Lewis limited and Greg Rousseau limited. You, you need Rousseau to be good, you know? Ed Oliver's didn't practice. Quentin Morris didn't practice. Damian Harris didn't practice, as we know. Um, <laughs> I mean, 12 guys. It's a third of your roster. Well, not quite a third. It's 25% of your roster anyway. Yep, I get it. Um, I'm, you know, this it's not getting easier. It's not going to be easy. And I'm this Patriot game with the way they're coached and what we've seen from them in the past. You know, they they kind of find a way to hang around, hang around, hang around, and then all of a sudden they're in the lead with two minutes to go in the game. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that didn't hear earlier in the show concerning Josh Allen's shoulder injury, that gave him a limited designation today on the injury report. He said it's feeling pretty good and had said during his time with the media that we'll be ready to go was his response regarding his shoulder. So no need to panic if you're out there panicking. Uh, Not necessary. It is what it is. Uh, Steve, our topic of discussion today for our listeners out there is who do you want to see more production from? In the Bills' offense, we've had a lot of fans clamoring for other people to step up and make plays who are not named Stephon Diggs in the passing game or in the run game, for that matter. And we're asking you, give us a name. Who do you want to see more production from in the Bills' offense? I think 
Gabriel Davis has been pretty good in putting production up. He had four touchdowns in four straight games up until this past week. And I think had a one yeah, had an even 100 yards against the Jags, had 92 the week before. So it's not like he hasn't been producing. Um, you know, and I know some fans out there are a little frustrated that Kincaid hasn't had more game-changing type plays in the past game. He obviously missed last week in concussion protocol, but he's out now, so he looks good for this week's game. So who is it for you? Who do you want to see more production from the Bills offense? 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, the number to get on board. We will be getting to the uh, post-practice podium as well to hear from uh, one Von Miller here shortly, too. Do you have a name in mind that you think would uh, diversify the offense in a good way? I'd, I'd like... <clears throat> I think I'd like to see Dawson Knox just be who he has been in the past. You know, mm. um, certainly Kincaid is a is cherry on the cake. I don't, I don't have a problem with what Kincaid has done already. He's doing everything they ask him to do. Certainly, you could ask him to do more. Uh, getting him back on the field healthy is just, is just step one. I'm um, I don't think the offense needs to be transformed in any way, shape, or form. They're playing at a high level. Slow starts, of course, but when you know when they're when they're on the field, they're, you expect things from them still. It's not like you're wondering. Um, and everything, you look back at all the drive killers they've had, most of them, with the, you know, the tripping call against you know, the Giants notwithstanding, most of them have been on them. Yeah. You know, the, the drive killers have been us, not them. I would submit James Cook to this conversation. More from a total yards from scrimmage standpoint. You know, running and catching the ball. We heard Thurman mention James Cook as well. I'd like to see him out in space a little bit more because I think there's a yards after catch element to his game that maybe hasn't been fully tapped into. I think we saw him run as decisively as we have ever seen him this past week against the Giants, and he was crucial on some of those long touchdown drives. You know, the 89-yard drive that went 17 plays, the 75-yard drive that went 12 plays, both of which wound up in the end zone. He was pretty critical in getting some first downs with some, I don't know if we could call them chunk runs, but they were productive runs to keep the drive going and, more importantly, to keep the Giants' defense honest. So I'd like to see him on the field a little bit more and getting more opportunities in the pass game going forward. Yeah, and I think one of the things about last week that kind of showed up was that it looked like Latavius Murray was getting a few – well, and maybe – well, no, it was before – was before Damian Harris went down. I thought Latavius Murray was a force. Um, He's really good at getting through the line of scrimmage with some velocity, and his size makes that an extra added bonus. So he snapped off a couple of runs that were really, really quality runs that went right when the Bills needed him. And I would say that kind of thing is what keeps James Cook from – getting more carries because this is a hot hand offense, particularly at the running back. They leave, when the guy starts playing well, they leave him in. They did it with, they did it with um, Devin Singletary. They did it with Zach Moss. They did it with all those guys they've had here over the last few years. When a guy gets hot, he starts getting more and more reps. Um, no matter how the rotation is set to go, they derail the rotation and leave the guy in. Right. Um, and I could, you know, Latavius Murray is a guy that looks like he's going to be the guy that they're going to leave in there once in a while. 
Let's go to the phones, and we go to Judy in Buffalo here first. Uh, she's going to lead us off. What do you got for us, Judy? You're on One Bills Live. Yeah, to answer your question, I'm surprised that they haven't utilized Shakir more this year. You know, we did. We need a Cole Beasley replacement, and I thought Shakir had, had the ability to do this. I, I think he, he can be elusive. He comes through with, with one reception per game, and, you know, he makes a first down and everything. I just wonder why, why they're not uh, utilizing him more. Yeah, it's a valid question, Judy. Um, as far as his snap counts go, last week he played the most snaps he has all season, got 24. But in the receiving core alone, he is fourth behind Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, and Trent Sherfield. Believe it or not, he's gotten more snaps than Deontay Hardy. Um, yeah, one reason that's because he's a better blocker. And Sherfield, they, you're talking yeah, about. I'm talking about uh, Shakir's better blocker than Hardy is. I don't know if I'd have either of them blocking, per se. but He was in there yeah. playing in that tight wing right. a lot this last – now that was a game plan thing, but yes – but, you know, I, I get it. I think it was interesting to hear Coach McDermott today, Steve, talk about, hey, we're in week seven now. We're, we're getting to the point where we should know what each of our offensive weapons do best and how to scheme up ways to utilize them in those areas. So it sounds as though there, has, there have been some conversations here recently, hey, we're going to get out of these early funks that we've had each of the last two weeks on offense, going three and out, three and out, et cetera. I, I think they want to tap into all of the talent that their offensive personnel has to offer and utilize it in the best way possible. And every case is different. I don't have to tell you that, but every, like, Trent Sherfield's strengths are different from Khalil Shakir's strengths. So right. use his strengths in a way that fits the scheme and then do the same with Shakir and Hardy. And likewise, yeah. for example, Hardy in an orbit motion is wide open on a swing pass for a three yard touchdown. That's utilizing Hardy to his strengths right. out in space, you know, you right. can get yards after the catch and, you know, get you to the end zone. Yeah, she, Judy's right. And so are you, Brent. I mean, it is something that we've talked about why Shakir is where he is on the totem pole and why is he, and some of it is that they're asking him to return kicks, um, when he and that's a role that you know, he's returning kickoffs and he catches punts once in a while too. I think if I remember right, uh, Hardy's been doing a lot of that as well. Hardy's the punt returner. Shakir's the kick returner. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Whenever your offense seems to be slow starting or needs a spark or somebody's got to make a play or they need some consistency or whatever, you kind of look to the guys, particularly when Diggs is still playing at a high level. Josh is still throwing at a high level. You, what? Come on, somebody. Let's well, see. Well, I, I, I think this is less, less of a coordinator issue, and more of a decision making issue, because we've seen on tape Shakir running open. Mm -hmm. We've seen Sherfield running open. Now they're not playing a ton in terms of snap counts, but when they are on the field, they are open. They're mm -hmm. just not being targeted. For whatever and reason. And that's on Josh. And, and certainly they may not be the number one guy in the progression, but if they're open, they're open. Yeah. So you're not, you can't ask them to do more than that. Um, like you can go back, okay, the long pass down the near sideline uh, against Miami 
where Shakir couldn't pull in the Josh. Josh makes a great throw, and Shakir's got a guy holding his arm, and he can't pull it in, you know, and drives over. That kind of stuff happens. Uh, but I don't know that, you know, I don't know that that's anything that's keeping him off the field. Right. And he got open deep, and he couldn't pull in a, a tough catch. Okay. You still got to give the guy a shot, and he, he, you know, that is not the kind of thing that keeps a guy from playing more in mm-hmm. subsequent weeks. You're right, Brownie. He had one. He's got four catches on the year. Four, less than one a game. Yeah, they're not getting targeted. That I yeah. think that's the biggest bone of contention. Yeah, he's got he's got four targets and or four four catches. I don't know how I mean, your targets. I have to go back and check, but um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's a good. It's a valid question by Judy. Back to the phones and to Jay on a cell. What do you got for us, Jay? Hey guys, first time caller. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for um, doing. It. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess it's sort of piggybacking off of this. You know, it seems like Josh's natural instinct when he's under pressure is just look down the field, you know, end zone or, or 30-plus. And, you know, and, and I know Jeremy said when he looks at the, the tapes, you know, a lot of guys are covered, very tight. He doesn't have a lot of opportunities. But, you know, if I just use one example, James Cook gets through the line last week as Josh is getting pursued. He swings around left and – He's wide open in the middle with no coverage whatsoever, and Josh goes all the way to the end zone again. And it's like this guy, when he's got somebody on his tail, it's like his eyes just don't see inside those first 10 yards anymore, or yeah. if he ever did. Well, sometimes when a guy's on your tail or in your face, it is difficult to see the underneath stuff because that guy is literally blocking out that frame of vision. So I understand sometimes why he would choose to look further downfield. It's easier to see. Um, so that, that, that can be part of it. And it's hard for us to discern what Josh, what parts of the field Josh can and cannot see when there's a player in his face rushing at him. Um, but I get what you're saying. And when Josh was playing his highest efficiency football in weeks two through four, he was checking it down effectively to Kincaid, to James yeah, Cook. Think about James Cook, the, the play down the sideline in Miami where Josh is running out. He just kind of dinks it over the top. Yeah, 49 yards. And 49 yards later, James Cook's getting run out of bounds inside the 10. So it's, it, it has happened, and we've seen flashes of it. When you see a lot of it, you know, they're hanging 37, 38, 48 points on teams. When you don't, they're hanging 14 and 20. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple math. Let's go to Patrick in Webster next. What do you got for us, Patrick? Hey, Steve, Brownie. Nice hey. to talk to you. Um, piggybacking off what you were talking about, the offense, um, actually, I think part of it has to do with uh, Dorsey's play calling. And I know Josh, is, he's overlooked people, but, I mean, this last game against the Giants, you, he targeted Diggs what, was like 16, 15, 16 times. Well, that was 12 of 18 in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's like he had 87 yards passing in the first half. You can't keep throwing to Diggs all the time. And, you know, I don't think James Cook didn't even get a pass thrown to him. Right, but that's, that's not a Dorsey issue, is it? That's a Josh decision-making issue. Partially, but if you look at most of the plays, it's, it's always it always tends to be Diggs is always obviously the first receiver, but... And, and how many times was Josh behind center in this game? Not very much. I, I think he's the the way um, the last few games with. I think he's a more efficient quarterback and a more efficient offense when he's behind center. 
and it gives the defense, um, you know, a little bit more to worry about. They, the numbers do bear out that they are a more efficient passing offense in 12 personnel than 11, um, or at least they're more productive, I should say. In throwing the football. Throwing the football. Not running the football. Throwing it, they're better. They're better running the football out of 11, at least through the first six games. So take that for what it's worth. But, Patrick, you're right. Diggs is going to be the first read in almost every passing concept they have for good reason. Uh, yeah, he's and, the best guy on the roster and top five receiver and, in the league. And I and I get it too. Quite frankly, Josh has thrown it to Diggs sometimes when he shouldn't, and Diggs, yes. Diggs makes plays. Uh, Diggs, but again, that's not a, that's not a coordinator. That's thing. not a that's not a Ken Dorsey issue. Um, there's and and it, you're not. I'm not talking about taking instead of targeting Diggs twelve times out of eighteen, targeting three times. I mean, it's just what you're talking about here is on the. Six other targets, or even on the other, tar- or even on one of some of the targets that you throw to Diggs that are incomplete, don't throw to Diggs. <laughs> then throw to one of the secondary receivers, and it only takes. And we all have seen this. You can watch a thousand games, and every single one of those thousand games, because all these games are you know within one score of each other, they'll all come down to three different plays during the game. That's all you're talking about. If one time Josh would find Khalil Shakir. Instead of trying to force the ball to Diggs, or if he'd take the easy throw to the flat or to the to the circle route rather than trying to hit one down the seam, uh, or if he'd take another, if he'd look off Diggs when he tries to fit it in and the linebacker underneath slaps it away for an incompletion, if he'd just take the easier throw, just one of those things keeps a drive alive and changes the perception of the defense about what you're going to do on offense. Um, that's all we're talking about. We're talking about less than a handful of plays every game. So don't think that somehow Ken Dorsey is not is that it is some sort of massive problem or he has no listen, he's putting these guys and giving them plays to to execute. And we Brown and I watch the film and Josh tells you this too. It just got to execute better. I mean, they'll if it was a bad play call, they know it. But there's not many of those going around. I'm telling you. You'd ask any player, even Thurman here, who was sitting in with us last segment. You go back to the, some of the bad games we had. It's like, well, why didn't we? Why didn't you just throw it here? Why didn't I just? I didn't see this. I didn't. You know, um, players are the key to the game more so than the coordinators. Uh, I'm telling you. Um, certainly, a coordinator is a very complex job, and it's complicated. But those guys are there for a reason. They've got a handle on all this. You can drop a play in the dirt and it could work. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break here, but when we come back, we'll have one Von Miller at the post-practice podium addressing the media. And if we have time, more of your phone calls at 803-0550 here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on One Bills Live. Time for us to head to the post-practice podium where Von Miller addressed the media after today's walkthrough session. Like, I think you have the most sacks in the league, but yet you're, you rush four guys most of the time. What do you think about the defensive, like the defensive front allows that? I just, think, I just think the type of guys that we got in that room from 
from uh, Larry and Floyd, Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver. Um, everybody in there is doing a really great job rushing the quarterback. Um, it's, it's a really, really talented room, and and we, we have a really good leader in, uh, in, in Coach Washington. He's a, He has us ready to go mindset-wise and, and scheme-wise each and every week, and, and I think it's coming from Coach McDermott as well. You know, he believes, you know, the game starts and ends with the offense and defensive line. So we've been highly motivated this season. We're always motivated, but highly motivated this season to go in there and get the job done. That final drive, you got a lot of snaps in a row. That was really the first time you, you were ramped up like that. How did, how did you come away from that and, and, you know, your wind moving forward, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it felt good. To, it felt good to, to be out there like that. Um, you know, um, first, second down, third down, they – complete on third down, go back on first down. It was my first time playing like that since Thanksgiving of last year. So it just uh it just uh it just builds up my confidence and you know I just continue to build on that. The week before in, in London was just the baseline and I thought last week I continue to take steps and um eventually I I started racking up the sacks like I'm like I'm uh, like I've been doing. Still got the brace on I have that on for another two weeks after the Thursday night game and then I can kinda get a smaller brace after that and then hopefully by the end of the season, you know, start the playoffs, I'd be brace free. So just continue to take steps and, you know, I would love to just jump back in there and be, you know, the player that I was last last November, but, you know, in reality it just takes time to, to build up to that type of uh that type of position on the football field. Being said, are you happy with the progress you're making in your yeah, yeah. I am I, I am uh totally happy. I always say um process over outcome. You know, I would love to go out there and get three sacks a game and, and in the game like I like I usually like I usually do, but it's process over outcome and I come in each and every day and you know, stay in the moment, I stay where my feet are and just try to get the most out of each and every rep and each and every opportunity that I do that I get. And um I feel like that's what I've been doing my whole entire career and I feel like that's that's the type of process to, to get me where I want to be at the end of the season. To prepare for this version of the Patriots team that, you know, so long they were so successful now struggling quite a bit. A lot of noise about Bill and Mac Jones. What's it like preparing for this version? To me, to me it looks like it looks like the, the Patriots of of the golden days. You know, same plays. Um obviously different players in in different positions. You know, um I was watching a play earlier, and I was like, man, that's the same play that Tom Brady and Gronkowski used to eat off of, a little play action, dump over the top to Gronkowski. It's just it's just a little different with, um, you know, uh, Mac Jones and Gusecki. It's, uh, you know, Tom Brady and and, and, and Gronkowski, like, they're two Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame players, and, you know, um, Mac Jones and, and uh, Gusecki, they're still, they're still building up, and they still have the talent to be able to do that. But it still, it still looks like um, – the same Patriots team to me. It still looks like the the same fundamentals, the same techniques. Um, you can see the greatness there. It just hasn't come to fruition yet. And I think um, part of that reason is because in a lot of games that they play this season, it's been over early. Like they they've been reeling early, and I think um, you know that's been one of the problems. They had turnovers early in the game, which kind of took them out of their rhythm. And if you look at the golden days back with Tom Brady and all those guys, like. Tom Brady would keep them in the game, try not to turn the ball over, and that's with any, that's with any team out there. If you turn the ball over early in the game, and you know the other team gets up a couple of scores, it's hard to get back in. You know, it's hard to get back in rhythm. So we just, hopefully, we can do try to repeat. You know, some of the same uh, successes that that teams had. You know, against them uh, this year, but to me, it, it still looks like 
Um, the Golden Patriots had a Golden Day. Same play, same techniques. Obviously, the the players are a little bit. The players are, are are different in different positions, but it looks like Bill is is has a, a firm hand on it, and it looks like the Golden Days of the Patriots for sure. That as an elite defensive player, what is your overall take on? Bill, an elite defensive coach, and Bill Belichick, and his body of work through the years, and what he continues to do, and maybe how he, if he's evolving or whatever. You know, you know, um, it. I, I feel like he's still doing a great job coaching the guys. You can see that they have the same intention and the same purpose out there. I, you can just tell that Bill is doing a great job. Their whole coaching staff is doing a great job. But turnovers early in the game that throws the whole game plan out the window, especially if it's early in the game. Turnovers at any point in the game kind of. Kind of derail, you know, the scheme and what you really want to do. But and the games that they've played has just been turnovers early in the game that that, is, that has really killed them. And you know, hopefully we can you know repeat some of that, that success and you know try to you know keep that going. But Jake, what do you you face the Patriots a lot? What do you expect from a Belichick coach team? I, I expect um, obviously some of the things that we've struggled with. Um, this season, I, I expect them to try to um, insert that in the game plan somehow. Like that's what that's what great coaches do. You, you watch the team, and that's what great players do. You watch. If I see an offensive line, alignment and he's getting beat with the spin, I want to put the spin in my game to try to, you know, have that some of that success work for me. And, and it goes the same for coaching. Like if if you if you're coaching up against if you if you're going against a team and they've struggled with certain things, like I want to, you know, I want to put that in my in my game plan even if it wasn't there before but to me in, in my eyes it looks like the same plays that, that took them to the Super Bowl it looks like the same scheme same system they took them to the Super Bowl it's just you know um, the execution hasn't been there for them uh, this far in in the season but it, they look very very well coached they look like um, the plays are open the plays are there for them to get done it's just for some reason is they just been turning the ball over early in the game on that note of turnovers, when you're going up against an offense that has turned the ball over, do you guys as a defense maybe focus more on practice on punching the ball out, having the nose for the ball, knowing that, especially with the offensive struggles the past couple weeks, some turnovers can make life easier for them? Man, that's, man that's, that's, that's every week, no matter who we playing. Like, <laughs> you want to you want to create turnovers early in the game. Like, and um, this is my 13th year in the league. Like, I, I see it each and every year, all 13 years of my career. Like, you have to play each and every game, each and every player individually for however it comes. Like, just because a, a team has been struggling before they play you doesn't mean they they're gonna struggle when they play you. I think that was a the game that we just played. The game that we just played with the Giants. You know, they played us all the way up until the last last play of the game. And um, in earlier games of the season, like they they struggle with teams. So you have to take each and every game and each and every moment as it comes. Like I can't, you can't. Um, Really anticipate them playing like they've played before. I, I anticipate them coming out uh, full head of steam, running the same, um, running the same plays that that have killed defenses for years. And um, you know, it's all grown men in this league, and all, all grown men respond. And nobody likes to lose. And you know, I expect them to come out like ready to play, especially there in, in, in Foxborough. I haven't been there in years. I think the last time I played there was in. 2014, and that's one of my favorite places to play. So much history, so much history there. Going against Tom Brady and all the great players they had there. Bill Belichick was super cold night games that I played in. Like I, I, I expect it to be a tough environment. I expect them to be well coached and 
well coached and you know try not to turn the ball over. I expect them to, to come out and, and play like the Patriots have always played. You've always talked about how close you and Josh are since you got here. Do you take a moment after that game and say, hey, maybe don't go and try to take on a, a linebacker in the end zone? No, no. I saw that, though. That was great. <laughs> That was crazy. That little melee, that melee man, and Josh came in there and threw his shoulder, man. Like, I mean, that's what you want to see. Uh, that's why I came here. I came here because, of, you know, a huge part of it was, was Josh Allen, man. And, you know, I love Josh. I love his mentality. And, you know, you just, you, you can't really, you can't try to tame a Mustang. You know, you just got to, you got to let him be. You got to let him be wild and let him be him. Like, you can't try to tame him and try to change him. Like, he evolved into a Hall of Fame quarterback in due time, like, you could just see it. He just has the moxie and the personality and all the all the roots to be a great quarterback. You know, he'll he'll continue to find his way and you know, um I just try to be there and I just try to support him. You know, I, I don't I don't try to, you know, say, Hey, don't do this or hey, do this. I just try to support him. You know, right or wrong, I got his back. You know, whether he throw for six hundred yards in a game or have six interceptions, like I'm I'm here for whatever, man. I truly believe in him and our offense and his team and you know, right or wrong, whatever he does, man, I got his back for sure. Maybe you've seen it before, but I don't remember a game like the Giants where the team made a goal line stand at the one-yard line and at the end of the half and the end of the game. Yeah, Just yeah. what was, was was the takeaway from the defensive coaches yeah, uh, on I'm, Monday from that or what would he put? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody on that team was, su- was surprised or satisfied with that. I think those are some of the things that we practice all the time, end of the game, um, end of the half scenarios. And we practice that, and I th- all teams practice that. So, you know, to be able to come out on top in those situations, you know, that's, it just feels good to, to do your job. It feels good to see my team and, and the players on this team do their job. And, you know, it, it, it feels good to know that we have the grit to go down to the end and still win those games. You know, in, 2015, in 2015, we won nine games within three points or less. And we had Peyton Manning on the last year, the last – fumes the the last fumes of his career and we were able to you know go to the Super Bowl and win and the type of uh the grit that we had in 2015 I see that in his team as well so it's um it was refreshing to be on the the other side of it and win those games I've been on the other side of them and lost as well so you know it just feels uh it just feels good to to come out on top man I think we had games like that last year I think the Miami game uh, week three you know we were on the other side of that so you know it, it was just our day that day and you wash your hands and then get ready for a Patriots team that, that has a lot of great players that are really, really well coached. You know, it's always a tough environment to play up there at uh, at, at Foxborough. Is it still called Gillette Stadium? Okay, yeah, I was saying go up there to Gillette Stadium and it's still it's it's um it's one of the, it's one of the most iconic stadiums. I love playing there. I love going there and seeing all the banners and all the success because I feel like it just I love going places like that where they've had success or players that I've idolized like Kansas City and you see the Derek Thomas like um, uh, jersey and the banner out in, in the ring of fame. I love going places um, that have had success and where players have success and just try to go there and, and repeat that. All right, that's Von Miller addressing the media after the walkthrough session today. said he feels like he's making progress. Steve and I will take a break here, but be back with some final thoughts from the tweet sheet when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.
On Sunday, November 5th, from 3 to 6.30 p.m. inside the AdPro Sports Training Center here at One Bills Drive, the Bills are teaming up with the American Heart Association to offer free hands-only CPR training. Sessions are offered every 30 minutes, and you can sign up at Ticketmaster.com or by visiting BuffaloBills.com. And I got to tell you, if you haven't done that, it's really easy, really straightforward. The sessions are like only 30 minutes. I did the training. It, it's really a simple, straightforward process. They can get you in and out, and now you're better equipped to deal with an emergency situation if one should come about. Quickly to the tweet sheet brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. And first on the list here from who do you want to see more production from the Bills offense? Anthony says need more motion, need more distribution to others. Sherfield, Hardy, and others. Even five to seven yards per play means controlling the clock. Clark says, I'd like to see James Cook get more targets in the passing game. I think he could be very effective in space out in the flats. I agree 150%. And then Fucha Jr. says, Knox and Kincaid. Knox has had a few missed opportunities, and Kincaid needs more opportunities. And then finally, DJ Steve says, we got to spread the ball around and truly establish the run game. We have all the talent, but our play calling is soft at times. That's from DJ. I don't know if I agree with that. But there it is. The tight ends, Hardy, Sherfield, everyone's been named. You can drop a play in the dirt if you got the right players. It don't matter. Um but they're far from doing that. They've got uh, they got their offense has gotten off to a slow start in a couple of games, and um, it's no reason to abandon anything. Certainly, we like to see more guys involved. But I'm sure that listen, they watched the same film you and I did, and they're experts. So and when they were highly on. efficient, they targeted nine players, eight players, nine right, players right, on the right. three game winning streak. That's right. Just execute a little better, and more people have their hands on the football. That's it for us on a Wednesday. Steve and I are back on Thursday. We'll have ESPN's Field Yates with us, among others. We'll see you at 1.